I'd like you to turn with me in your copy of God's Word to the book of Philippians in the New Testament, uh, the fourth chapter. And this morning I want us to think about something that uh, last time I preached to you, we, we, we kind of touched on at the, end, at the end of my message. I want to kind of keep going uh, with that thought. And, and I want us to think about how we can and will experience contentment. Is, is it possible? Uh, and if it's possible, what's the secret to experiencing real contentment in life? Now, some of you may think that you've got it all figured out. You've, you've got, uh, you, you know that, uh, or you think that if you can just get whatever it is you think you need to be content, then you're going to be okay. If you can find that someone special to marry, and then they agree to it, then, you know, that'll make you content. Or if you can get a raise at work or a promotion or, you know, just get a little bit more money or maybe a lot more money so that you're not so strapped financially. There's any number of things that people uh, think, if, if, if I can just have this, then I can be content. And it's very interesting. I think we see it uh, time and time again where people get what they think they need to be content, but then they find out that they're sadly mistaken. You know, it doesn't really give them that contentment that they're searching for. This morning I want us to look at uh, what a man who found himself in a very uncomfortable, unpleasant uh, situation said about contentment. Uh, it's a, the Apostle Paul, uh, in writing this letter to the church in Philippi, and at the time that he wrote it, he was imprisoned uh, in Rome. He was chained 24 hours a day to a Roman guard. So it was a very unpleasant situation. It had probably been going on for about two years. And before that, he had been imprisoned another two years uh, back in Palestine in, in Caesarea. Uh, so he found himself in a very unpleasant situation, but he claimed to have found the secret of being content even in that situation. And here in chapter 4 of the book of Philippians, uh, the second half of verse 11, uh, Paul said, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances and then he said, I know what it is to be in need. And we touched on this last time I shared with you. You know, he's not talking about he had any unmet need uh, because he didn't. He was, he was confident that God was going to meet his every need. What he said here is, I know what it is to be brought low. And he had been brought low in his imprisonment. And he said, I know what it is to have plenty. And I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Uh, 
you imagine it, you think about it, he said, yes, I could be content in that situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, and he's not talking about wanting or not having uh, everything even that he wants, uh, because he limited his wants to those things that he actually needed. Literally, he said, whether I have a lot or very little. And then the key verse is verse 13. He says, I can do all this. And that he's referring to the contentment that he had found. I can be content through him who gives me strength. Which we need to understand as that supernatural power that enabled him to be content whatever was going on in his life. Now, if that supernatural power was available to Paul, uh, then it's available to every born-again child of God. And what that means is that you too uh, can have the power to be content when you're plugged in to the source of that power. You can have the peace, and you can have the joy that we sang about just a moment ago, and all those other things that we think of as being a part of that overall sense of contentment. Now you say, sign me up. You know, uh, how can I plug myself in to that power? Well, technically you can't. But let me tell you what you can do. You can, uh, you can change your attitude about sin. You can quit loving it. You can start hating it. You can turn away from it. That's called repentance. And then you can place your faith and trust in Jesus to do for you what you can't do for yourself. And that is to forgive you of your sins. That, that, kind of block you from uh, from your Creator and a relationship with God. You can trust in Him to forgive you of your sins, to bring you alive spiritually with a life that makes this life full and meaningful and last forever and ever and ever, and to plug you into the source of that power to be, among other things, content whatever is going on in your life. Then and only then can you experience uh, that, that power that Paul is talking about here in verse 13 where he says, I can do all this including being content, whatever is going on in my life, through him, through Christ, who plugs me in to the source of the power of Almighty God, and by doing so, gives me strength to be content in any and every situation. Isn't that a nice thought? Well, it is a nice thought. But you know as well as I do that there are a lot of people that are genuinely as far as we know, genuinely plugged into uh, Christ and plugged into the power of God, but 
you look at their lives and they don't have, there's not a whole lot of evidence that there's a whole lot of contentment in their lives. Uh, there's, you don't see a lot of much joy. You don't see much peace and all the other things that we think of as being associated with a sense of contentment, even though you're pretty sure that, that uh, they're plugged in to the power of God. And I talk about, you know, looking at other people's lives and when we look at our own lives sometimes, that's the way it is. I mean, we, we know we've trusted in Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, but there's not a whole lot of evidence that we, uh, that we have that sense of contentment. What's going on in a situation like that? I think it has to do with a word that he uses here in verse 13, that word can. Can has to do with possibility. Uh, you can do it. it. It's possible. It's a possibility. And that's what Paul says here. I can. Uh, it, it's a possibility that I can experience this contentment through him who gives me strength. What he didn't say was that he always experienced it in any and every situation. In fact, uh, you know, you can read the New Testament, read the book of Acts, read all of Paul's letters, and you see those indications that, um, you know, he had his moments just like we have our moments as well. Uh, there were times that he experienced of frustration. There were times that he kind of lost his, his cool, lost his temper. When, when you're angry, uh, you're not very content, are you? There were times when we see indications he was maybe a little bit down. And there were times, particularly uh, in uh, Second Timothy, where you know he was kind of despondent toward uh, the very end of his life, but he knew that even though he himself didn't always experience it, he knew that he could, but he, because he had he was plugged into the power that enabled him to be content whatever was going on in his life. And he knew that he would, if he would just meet a couple of uh, a couple of conditions that uh, he mentioned to the Philippians earlier in the chapter. And I want us to go back to verse four, where Paul uh, says to the Philippians. First of all, rejoice, like we sang in that song just a moment ago. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Why did he say it again? <laughs> well, have you ever wanted to cheer up a person? You know, they, you, you knew they needed some encouraging and you say whatever you, th you think of to say to cheer them up. 
and it's like it just, you know, just, or in one ear, out the, out the other, just, I think Paul probably sensed that as, as the Philippians had unrolled their scroll, this scroll, this book that he wrote to them, and got to this point, and he said, rejoice, uh, they're probably, you know, a lot of them were probably so preoccupied with their own problems, maybe a little bit like maybe you're a little bit preoccupied with uh, your own challenges in your own life, that, uh, you know, people talk to you, but it's just kind of like that, you know, Charlie Brown's parish. You know, you don't really hear it. So he says, I'll say it again. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, what does that have to do with being content? To rejoice is to express joy. Now, something very significant happens when you Rejoice when you express your joy, which, by the way, is a key characteristic of uh, the attitude, the overall sense of contentment in life. Something very significant happens when you rejoice. When you rejoice, you experience that joy all over again. The more you rejoice, the more you experience that joy. Uh, when you rejoice, Always, uh, you re- you experience that joy all the time. Now, guys, I th- I think maybe we can understand this better than uh, the ladies uh, in the room because you know this is kind of a guy thing. But you know how when when uh, you've just enjoyed your favorite meal and and then you kind of sit back and pat your tummy, and then burp up a little bit of it. You get to taste it all over again. Now, I know, ladies, that doesn't happen to you, but, but, but we understand how that happens. Well, believe it or not, joy is like that. When you express your joy that you have in Jesus, you get to experience it all over again. And I think that's why Paul tells us here, to rejoice. He knew not only can you, but you will have more joy in your life. You'll experience it anew when you rejoice in the Lord. And when you rejoice in the Lord always, which is what he says to do, you'll experience that joy. You'll have more joy all the time. Now, how can you do that? Well, you've done it. You came to church. Uh, sometimes it's just, it's, it's not real easy because of, you know, what's going on in your life. It's not all, all that easy to, to rejoice. But when we come to church, you know, when everybody's doing it, uh, you know, even if they're just going through the motions, it, it kind of catches you. It, it kind of pulls you right into it. It's one of the things that we do. Every week, Danny, isn't it? In fact, we have uh, we 
we have staff members, that's their primary responsibility, is to lead us in worship. It's on the agenda every time. Every time we come to church and when you're surrounded by people who are, who are going through that process of rejoicing, we get caught up in it uh, as well. So it's, that's one way that we can rejoice. I think it's interesting that uh, in the mental health community among psychologists and psychiatrists and those in, in that particular uh, line of work, it seems like they're unanimous. If it's, if it's not unanimous, it's pretty close to unanimous. That the best prescription for a person who comes into them who is unhappy is just to write them a prescription that says, smile. Because this is, this is proven that if you just smile, even if you don't really feel like it, and you don't have anything really to smile about, just, if you just smile, eventually you start feeling a little better. Well, what Paul is saying here is to express that joy that is there, that is really there, in the life of every born-again child of God. Express that joy that you have every reason to experience because of all the Lord has done for you and saving your soul and making you whole and do it all the time because it's true all the time. Amen. Keep your mind on all that God has done for you in this life and for all eternity and respond accordingly. Expressing the joy that you have every reason in the world to experience, even in life's darkest days. Amen. Many of the original recipients of this letter, the, uh, the members of the church in Philippi, I think when they, they, they got to this particular point in Paul's letter, and, and Paul said, rejoice again, I say it, rejoice. I think their minds went back about 12 years when they met Paul for the first time. And Paul and his companions marched into town and they started telling people about Jesus, something that nobody had ever heard. It, it was a totally new Thing. Nobody had ever heard about Jesus before. And boy, people got excited, but some people said, man, what is this strange new teaching? And it, it created a stir in the community and the authorities said, man, we got to intervene. It's going to tear apart our community. And they took a couple of the leaders, Paul and Silas, and they threw them in the slammer. And not only did they shut the door, they threw him in the inner cell that was probably totally devoid of any kind of life, probably pitch black. They put their feet in stocks, and then we hear about what they did. In that situation, they spent the night Luke tells us in Acts 16, they spent the night 
praying and singing hymns to God. Why? Because they knew they could experience joy, which is one of the key elements of contentment, and they can experience it always when they rejoiced. Always. That reminds me of a um, little poem that's become known as the Optimist Creed, and there's a number of um, versions of it. My particular version of it goes like this. As you travel down life's highway, let this ever be your goal. Keep your eye upon the donut and not upon the hole. Folks, those of us who know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we have a whole lot more good going on in our lives than bad. And one of these days, all the bad that just keeps coming day after day in our lives is going to just evaporate in the thin air. And I think that's why we have plenty of reason to do what Paul recommends here in verse 4, and that is to rejoice. When you do, you'll have more of the joy that's such a huge part of the overall sense of contentment, and you'll experience more of another key characteristic of contentment, and that is peace when you pray. Look at verse 6. We'll do verse 5 some other time. But let's look at verse 6. Paul says, Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. It transcends all understanding because it is so wonderful, it is so unusual, it is just beyond our capability of, of even understanding it. It is just so absolutely incredible. It's a peace that we can experience in our hearts even when the storms are raging around us. Now, folks, most of us have plenty to to worry about from day to day. Some of you have a whole lot more than just plenty to worry about. The way it works is the more challenging the circumstance that we find ourselves in, the more anxiety it tends to produce in our lives. And the question is, how do you keep that from happening? And Paul's answer is very simple. He says, pray, pray. When we moved into our new home, which isn't so new anymore, uh, 16 years ago, one of the first things we did, of course, after we got everything in, inside, 
started unpacking the boxes and everything with a power cord that needed electricity, you know, we tried to find a place uh, in the house to plug it in, which is not a problem. We have outlets, electrical outlets on just about every wall, and everything was fine except in our living room. And I noticed a number of the things that we plugged into we plugged in didn't work. It wasn't just one thing or two things. It was a number of things that we plugged in in that room. Uh, and I was a little bit irritated with our new home that was supposed to be uh, all ready for us to enjoy. Well, I'm not the sharpest tack in the drawer. But Kathy, Kathy, she noticed that uh, on all, all the outlets had two sockets that you could plug two, you know, two things into. And all of the top sockets on the, in the outlets in the room worked. You know, everything that we had plugged in to them, they, it worked fine. But everything that we had plugged into the bottom socket of the outlet didn't work. And she very calmly just walked over to the wall and flipped a switch on, and voila, everything worked. She, she turned on the power. You know, our lives are kind of like that. We may be plugged in to the source of the power to be content, whatever's going on in our lives, but the challenges of life uh, have a way of coming along and flipping off that switch. Jesus, or Paul here, tells us how to flip it back on. And that is to simply pray. And the peace of God, which is beyond our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, Christ Jesus becomes like a bubble that protects us uh, even in life's fiercest storms. So, do you want a little more peace in your life? Try praying. And, by the way, it will also help you in the joy department as well. So, how do we pray? You've, You've done it. You came to church. Uh, It's on the agenda every week. We rejoice and we spend time in prayer. And you have an opportunity, we all have an opportunity to join uh, together in prayer. It's one of the things on the agenda. It's one of the things we come here to do. In fact, uh, many of the songs that we sing are prayers uh, directly to God. But you know, I've found in my own life, I need to pray more often than just, you know, once or twice a week when I come to church. I need at least daily uh, to make every effort to, to sit down in my nice comfy chair and open up God's Word and just see what he has to say to me 
through his word and just to be quiet and let him speak to my heart and just to pour out my heart to him. It helps when I spend that daily time with him. But you know what else I found? I found that I need to spend time in prayer even more often than that. You see, while I do okay when I'm in church, most of the time, uh, and and I do okay when I'm, uh, during my quiet, my personal daily quiet time, it's when I get up and I have to face the challenges of my life that I, that I, uh, that I kind of struggle and I find out that it's imperative for me that wherever I am, whatever's going on in my life, it is imperative that I consciously position myself in His presence and just allow Him to, to wrap me up in His strong arms and assure me that while there's a lot of things that I can't handle that are going to come my way, it's okay because there's not a thing in the world that He can't handle. I really like how Helen Limmel put it back uh, way back in 1922, which is nearly 100 years ago now, in a song that we've been singing ever since. She said, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth, they'll grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You know, Limmel wrote those words uh, when she was about 55 years old, about a little over 20 years after her husband uh, had left her because she went blind. Nice guy, huh? She lived until she was nearly 98. In fact, she died just a couple of weeks shy of her 98th birthday. By that time, she was utterly destitute. But she was known throughout her church and community as a woman who was full of joy and enthusiasm. You know why, don't you? Because she, though she couldn't see physically, she'd gotten real good at turning her eyes upon Jesus and looking full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth grew strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. So you can, you really can, Be content if you allow Jesus to plug you into the power to be content. We're going to have a time of invitation in just a moment and give you an opportunity to to make that decision. If you've never asked Jesus to plug you into that power to be content, to forgive you of your sins, to bring you into a relationship with God, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. 
then you can have, you can be content and you will be more content, be more joyful when you rejoice and be more peaceful when you pray. Isn't that great? Is that it? Well, those are biggies. Those are biggies. There's a lot of other stuff that Paul told the Philippians to do, every one of which would contribute to that overall sense of contentment. I don't know what the Lord's been dealing with you about lately, but whatever He's been saying to you and telling you to do, do it, will you? You're liable to be a little bit more content but the choice is really yours. Let's pray together.